So coming off our lesson from last week on pure motive, we briefly touched on the the state of bitterness. Bitterness is more than an emotion, okay? A lot of times people think, oh, you're bitter. Well, it's just an emotion. It's something you're stuck in. No, it's more than that. It's a dangerous mindset to choose to be in. Do not miss this, okay? Bitterness is the gateway to destruction regarding your fellowship and relationship with Jesus Christ for the believer, and for the non-believer, it will keep them from God's saving grace. Its force is enemy and flesh-driven, but it can be defeated by prayer and submission to our Lord. In either situation, our enemy, the devil, gains a victory, and for the believer, it's a crushing defeat, if not dealt with swiftly. Let's pray real quick. Lord, I just uh, pray for those who, uh, who, who stepped up and, and, and chose to take the challenge. It's a physical realization of what bitterness can be, but it's not just, it's not just a physical taste. It's a, it's a mindset, and it can affect us for a long time. Lord, I pray that it would just, uh, it would just affect them, that this would, uh, message would hit them uh, where it needs to in their heart. Uh, like it did me, Lord. So just uh, pray that you'd use me, speak through me, and uh, just love you, Lord, and ask that this be done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, it is a dangerous mindset to uh, open it again. Choose. Oh, the, yeah, choose. And, of course, it's got a lock choose. on me. Yeah, it's a dangerous mindset to choose to be in. You can choose to be bitter. So what is bitterness? You may say, well, duh, it's when you're bitter. It's... Well, it's a bit more than that. What, you, what do you need to know about bitterness? So there's a few things. You need to know what it is. So I put the definition there on your paper. In a figurative sense, extreme enmity, enmity grudge, <coughs> hatred, or rather an excessive degree of implacableness of passions and emotions as the bitterness of anger. Anger and bitterness... And jealousy all kind of go hand in hand. Sharpness, severity of temper, and that's that's me. Keen sorrow, painful affliction, vexation, deep distress of mind. And I bolded that because that is where bitterness can lead you to. It will distress your mind. It will keep your focus off the Lord. It will take away from your prayer life. It will slowly sink you to the bottom the more that you let bitterness fester in your mind and you let it get to your heart. The second thing you need to know, that it is a matter of when, not necessarily if, you are going to be bitter at somebody. And typically bitterness is going to inset from situations, from conflicts that may arise from other people. You're going to have a disagreement with somebody or something. And that's where, that's where this bitterness can, can get into. So you have to guard your heart against those types of things. And if you're faithful to stand on your trust and faith in the Bible and share your faith, even lovingly, okay? Not beating them over the head with the Bible. Well, you need to get saved. But gently showing people salvation is necessary for them. For eternity, 
they can wind up, they'll just get bitter toward you regardless. So trust me. Trust me. This bitterness, I experienced it with my mom. At times when I would share, when I would share Christ with her, I would share what the Bible said. She would get very, very bitter with me to the point where it turned into her disagreement was with the Bible, but I mean, we were, it would end up turning into yelling matches. And then she'd go away for three months. I've shared this before, but she'd just quit talking. She'd be gone. And then she'd call you out of the blue. I'm thankful that in her last weeks that she accepted Christ. But she had had bitter, bitter disagreements with what the Bible said. And we went round and round over it for years. Thankfully, she submitted to the Lord. And the last part, like you experience in the taste test, its tastes and effects linger. Don't always expect a quick answer or resolution when bitterness has set into a situation. That can be with you or it can be with the other party or parties that may have resulted in this mindset that is set in with you or with others around you. Okay. So as we work through this outline and work through the book, the books and verses, I want, I want you to think, again, how the, the, the theme of this series. I want you to think of how God saw all this. I want you to think about how it makes you feel. Maybe you're struggling with this as we speak. Maybe it's totally foreign to you. I don't know. I think about where you guys are at in your age, and some of you have experienced some hardships some of you, not so much, not taken away from that. But some of you have grown up in loving homes. Others of you growing up and are growing up in homes that are not so loving at times. That can cause bitterness. So bitterness, bitterness is without question one of the most dangerous states to be. I've been but at times sorely bitter with others to the point where it's affected my prayer life. I've been down to the bottom when it comes to bitterness. And it's just my opinion. This is just my opinion. All right, I want to qualify that. When you don't deal with being very, being very stiff in this bitter mindset, it's possible that God's judgment for your soul may be near. Okay? And again, it's my opinion. But I think about how the Lord works on us. And when you get so far and you get so hard and you just you put this wall up to everything, what good are you? What good are you in your service for Christ? I don't care if it's standing at that door saying hi to people when you walk in or you're up here teaching. Whatever the case is, it can affect you. And I... I think about those things. I think about how it may affect what the Lord may do with you in your time here. And there's biblical examples of that, and we're going to get into those. So I think about the situations that I've been in and how far my heart, how far my mind have gotten with bitterness in my own personal experience. I think of the verse in Psalm 86, 15. But thou, O Lord are to God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy 
and truth. It's a reminder to have a healthy fear of God and to not take for granted how patient he is with us and me personally. Pastor Rory has a saying, being bitter is like taking a poison pill and waiting for the other person to die. There was a person here, not in this room, who I was very bitter toward. While you're while I'm sharing this, go ahead and open the first first uh, Samuel chapter one. No way you're there. I was very bitter with this individual because I found that each time I got around them in certain settings, that they always had some smart aleck comment to say to me. And I didn't have a lot of interaction with this person. But it's like every time I was around them and we were just conversing, they had some smug little dig to throw at me. And I just kind of thought about it and it, it kind of just passed by like a car going by your house until I'm sitting there for a while and I may be at work or I'm mowing my yard as I shared with you and usually it's when I'm mowing my yard and my mind has nowhere else to go because it's going in circles mowing grass. I'm replaying, I'm replaying the things that this person said to me. And not only that, I start replaying months and a couple years worth of these things. And the more I'm replaying them, the more I'm just, I'm just sinking. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this person. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, the next time I talk to them, I'm like, I'm going to let them know. They ain't going to talk to me like that. They ain't going to talk to nobody like that. Why are they talking to me like that? And I'm telling you, I was ready to the point where I was ready to be a striker. And the Bible was clear about not being a striker. But I'm telling you, I was ready to put them in their place. So I'm like, you, it's like, if you're talking, you ain't going to talk. Why are you talking to me like that? I'm just being honest with you. Okay? That's how it can be for me. I have to guard my heart against this very matter. I have to. I hate it. That's the truth of it. I hate when my mind goes into these things and I start thinking about these matters. So what did I do? I confronted them. What's the best thing to do when you're bitter at somebody? Go to lunch with them. I went to lunch. So I called them up. I said, hey. He's a little old. They're, sorry, I got it down to 50%. It's male. Anyway, they're a little old for laser tag, but they might play it. Um, so I asked this person to go to lunch. And I had to really pray about it because I had to go into it without an agenda. And I had to go into it without being all fired up and just coming out guns blazing and be like, yo, what's your problem? What's your deal? So we sat down, and I replayed all the things that had been said to this individual. And they sat there and they listened. And they said, I said, what's, I said, what's your beef? I was like, do you have, I was like, do we have a problem? And I don't want us to. And he said, no, he goes, I don't remember any of this. And I'm sitting there just deer in the headlights. You want to talk about a total waste of mental resources and anguish and bitterness. And the part of strangling you. <laughs> <laughs> the strangling you. 
I, I was humbled. And, and the person said to me, <laughs> they had a little more colorful word, and they just said, there's times I can just be a jerk. I was like, and I didn't mean anything by it. He goes, I was just being me. Because I figured you could handle it. I didn't know it bothered you this much. I was like, well, yeah, it did. I said, but part of me is I stew on these things, and anybody that knows me knows that I do, and I shouldn't. And it was a total and complete misunderstanding on my part, but I let it drag me down to the bottom of the pond. It was my choice. It's your choice. So back on your sheet. How did I get here? Situations outside of your control. Situations outside of your control. So I'm going to go ahead and read 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, please. Go for it, Sam. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. So this is, I should have got the context beforehand. So this is in regards to uh, Hannah and Elkanah. And they were faithful to go up every year to the house of the Lord to worship. And Hannah, uh, the Hannah's womb had been shut, shut up by the, by the Lord. She couldn't have children. As you guys are probably pretty familiar with the story. But this was a situation that was out of her control. She had nothing, nothing to do with it. She couldn't have kids. And it pained her. It pained her down to flat-out bitterness, a bitterness in her soul. But she had a choice. Could she remain like that? And this is what I talk about. Where, do, where, where's God's, where God's judgment can come into this for you? For her, she made the choice. She made the choice to pray it out. She submitted. She humbled herself. And we see in the following verses in 11 through 13, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. She wanted a child bad. She wanted to be a mother. Some of you may experience this hardship in your lives later on. Maybe, maybe not. Some have. Verse 12, And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Don't miss that. She spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And it goes on from there. And obviously she's not. She's of a completely sober mind. And she's laying this out before the Lord. You've got to do that. You've got to do that and do it quickly if you think you've got bitterness setting in with you. The one matter that she had, she chose. She could choose to remain bitter or feel sorry for herself or get angry with God. And there's a lot of people who get bitter and they get angry with God. And splitsville, they're gone. But she laid it out before him. God got his glory from that. Samuel came from that. He hears our prayers. He hears these prayers. What part, what, what part of your heart are you gonna are you gonna give your heart over? Go ahead and go to Job. Job chapter 3. Job mentioned four times in the Job uh, bitterness is mentioned four times in this book, and its root word bitter three times. 
Job had no idea what was coming his way. Again, we're talking about situations outside of, of our control. The conversation, we're privy to the backside of the story is Satan and God are conversing about this. Satan knows exactly who he's looking for. He's been eyeing Job up for quite a while. Uh, what's Job? Job. Job? Job chapter 3. So in Job chapter 3, so this all takes place and Job loses next to, you know, close to everything and almost everybody in his life as we read in the chapters unfolding. So he gets into this He's sore and he's bitter. He says in his respond, he's responding in chapter 3 and he's in this woe is me mode. And understandably so. I mean, look what all he lost. So why in verse 11, Why died I not from the womb? Why died I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? That's where his mind's at. He's like, why am I not dead? Why didn't I just die then? That's his mindset that he's in. He's in his mindset for the majority of the of the book. It's not until chapter 42. Flip over to 42. Look at verse 3. I read verse 20. I'm sorry. I had, I had you guys not go to that one. You guys were in 11. That's all right. 42.3. Somebody go ahead and take it. Hannah. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. He finally, this is his restoration chapter. He's finally back in fellowship with the Lord. But it took him a long time to get there. And sometimes it will take a long time to get past bitterness. And sometimes it's from those situations that we have no control. So don't have got, control over. So you just got to take your time. You have to be patient. Wait on the Lord. Yes. Be yes. That's what, I, that's what I have learned. Always Good. It's easier said than done, that's for sure. Situations within your control or a level thereof on your sheets. Go ahead and go to Genesis 27. Genesis 27. So Genesis 27, this is where, this is, uh, we got uh, Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Esau and Rach and, and uh the fix is in for uh, Jacob to steal the birthright, and he makes the big furry arm things, and she makes the venison, and the fix is in, and Isaac, who can't see, he he gives the birthright to Jacob while Esau's out, okay? So that's the setup of this, but, but, Genesis twenty-seven thirty-four. somebody take that. Jamie. Listen to this guy. He's bitter. Bless me. Bless me. What? What do you mean? What happened? Bless me. Thirty-eight. 
And Esau said to his father, Hast thou but one blessing? Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also. Oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. He was bitter. I mean, right from that moment, he's bitter. Not even a chicken? Not even a cow? Nothing? Not even a kiss on the forehead? <laughs> Anything, please? He was he lost the birthright. He lost the blessing. He lost his birthright and his brother the schemer did it again. And this is how far it takes him down. Verse 41. And Esau hated Jacob. Like I said, bitterness and hatred. These two hold hands with each other. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. This plays right into the commandments. It plays right into the heart. You can be a murderer in your mind. This, I'm telling you, this bitterness, it is not to be messed with. It is not the state of mind that you can remain and you will not be healthy from it. Distress of mind, like is in the definition. I can't stress it enough having been there. Go to Jonah chapter 4. We're going to knock this out. I want to do it machine gun style. So I need 11 readers. Read it with some passion. I want to go all in a row. Timmy verse 1. Haley 2. Sam 3. Hannah 4. We got more people than verses. Five. You want six? You do verse six. You try six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Two more. Ten. Eleven. Morgan Freeman voice. Let's just go for it. All right, fire it off. Let's go. Thou hast not labored, neither 
that needed to grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And should not I spare in my the great city wherein more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and also Is that it? Alright, you guys are hard to hear. I'm just going to be honest with you. Look at these verses. Look at verse 3. Better for me to die. Verse 8. Wished in himself to die. I do well to be angry. Even unto the death. This is what I'm talking about with this judgment. And what happens at the end of this book? This book is just cut off. We don't hear anything more about Jonah. We don't hear anything more about his life. We don't know. Did he kill himself or did God take his life? There's been a lot of debate about that. But does it matter? Think about what this guy did. He was a prophet of God. What did he miss out? We talk about running the race and finishing. Well done. We sung it tonight. Well done. Was this well done by this guy? He was bitter. He was angry. And he took it home with him. Talk about not finishing your mission. What else could have been written in this book from this prophet? And it stops in four chapters. An entire city repented from his preaching. Is this the first one to have four cha- only four chapters? It's one of them. Jonah's the only, Jonah only got one book and four chapters at it. But nonetheless, God still gets the glory for it. But that, that was his... What else could he have had? I think about that. What else could he have had? So, knock these points out here. How do I get away from bitterness or avoid it? Now let's read through these verses. God loves and cares about you. What are you going to do about it? Like I said, maybe some of you struggle with it. Maybe some of you don't. Psalm 34, 18 and 19. I'll read them for you. You don't have to go there. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Out of them all. There's nothing that you can be stuck in, but will you submit? Get brokenhearted. If you're brokenhearted about the matter, believer, the Lord will deliver you out of it. Now that you are brokenhearted, what's the next step? Acts 8.22 is to repent. So the context leading up to this is Peter and some others are witnessing with this man named Simon. You see them laying on hands in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he essentially tries to buy this power. He sees it and he's like, I want to buy that. And Peter's like, no, that's not how this works. So Peter rebukes him. And, and, and this is regarding a totally different matter. But listen to what Peter says in, in verse 22. This isn't a matter of bitterness. It's this guy's mind and, his, and where he's at but this this applies it says 22 in eight, uh, Acts 8 22 says repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee if you got this wickedness pray it out pray it out same thing with Hannah Hannah took this matter to prayer she laid her bitterness and her soul down at the altar Will you do the same? I had to. And I look like an idiot doing it. I think about that story. It's like, you just, I just want to take a dozen eggs and just go, like that. What a waste of, what a waste of thought. 
But hey, I learned from it. Well, if I smash eggs on me, I would get broken up because I have an egg allergy. That wouldn't be good. We're not doing that. And I had enough experience with the cocoa powder tonight. <laughs> we'll avoid eggs. So, Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17. It says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass... Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee. This is deal with the conflict. Like I had to. Get with the person who you need to. Deal with the conflict. Shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And 17, if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. You got a long way to go before you get there. I'm thankful that any matter that I've had to deal with, if there's been a conflict between me and somebody else, and thankfully there are few, they've always been easy to resolve. I'm thankful for that. Not all of them are. You guys can attest as pastors. Not every resolution has a happy ending. One one person may get whole about it and and their heart right with the Lord and another person they stay in this mindset. Address the matter since the likelihood of bitterness will be between you and another party or parties Loving confrontation ought to take place. And if you've gotten your heart right, take care of the remainder of the matter. But be prepared for different directions it may go. I had no idea what I was getting into sitting down at that lunch table. Praise the Lord, it went went great. Not all of them are going to be that way. And finally, where do we land on this? Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 32 and be ye kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you forgiveness forgiveness it's a powerful word and it's powerful when it's applied to your heart and all parties are in it you want to talk about a testimony to the Lord and conflict resolution and bitterness that forgiveness is something Something else. And it gives you that peace of passeth understanding, Philippians, Philippians 4. This is where your heart should land. So I challenge you. You know what to do about it, but will you? Are you struggling with this? Do you know somebody who's struggling with this? They're not the easiest to help or console. They're just not. You have to tread carefully. And you take those matters in prayer. You pray about those matters. Sometimes you shouldn't. Let the Lord open that door. Let the Lord open that door. Are you finger pointing? Is your heart attitude and actions bringing glory to God when we think about how God sees us through His eyes with regard to this mindset? Have you sat here and thought, this really doesn't apply to me? Being bitter is not my personality. Remember, you may not be the cause of it, but you may be on the receiving end of it and not know of it. That person that I had a problem with 
did not know that I had a problem with them until we sat down. They had no clue. So take, so take it all to the Lord in prayer. In 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Do not think that you are immune from bitterness. Like I said, you can be the cause of it or be on the receiving end of it and not know it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you again, Lord. Just thank you for, for your word speaking the truth and for you putting us together. And uh, Lord, your word's powerful, and I'm grateful for its power, and I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, I just uh, pray that we would have safe travels going home tonight for Sunday. And uh, Lord, just be with us. May we be a, a testimony to you. May what we say and do be a, a sweet smell and a sweet sound to you. Lord, we just uh, we love you. Thank you for loving us before we ever loved you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.